Please listen carefully. Hey, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Kate Orslan. And I'm Erin Barton. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. So today we are embarking on a three-part journey discussing escrow. Uh, This week we're going to focus on earnest money deposits, and next week we'll look into dispersing escrow funds, and then the following week we're going to conclude our discussion with a look into escrow in property management. So escrow is not the flashiest of all real estate topics, but it is one of the most important. We know from the Virginia Real Estate Board that escrow violations are actually the most reported issues that comes before them. We hope that these episodes will help foster your understanding of escrow rules and regulations, remind you of that mandatory reporting requirement, and will keep you from making any violations of your own. So Erin, first and foremost, what is escrow? So escrow is generally money held by a third party on behalf of parties entering into a transaction. For real estate transactions, it may be provided by a buyer in the form of an earnest money deposit or in a leasing transaction as a security deposit. The money does not belong to the firm that's holding the escrow. So it's important to note that real estate firms or sole proprietorships do not have to hold earnest money deposits. Because of the complex rules and regulations, many are actually choosing not to hold escrow funds, and that's okay. However, if your firm or sole proprietorship chooses to hold escrow funds, then as real estate licensees, you must adhere to the rules and regulations set forth by the Virginia Real Estate Board. So the regulations state that upon contract ratification, earnest money deposits received by the principal broker, supervising broker, or associates must be placed in an escrow account by the end of the fifth business banking day unless otherwise agreed to in writing by the parties to the transaction. So what does this mean, Kate? So either the earnest money deposit must be in the escrow account by the end of the fifth business banking day, or the parties can determine when the earnest money deposit will be deposited into the escrow account and provide for that in the contract. They can agree to do something other than have it in the account by the end of the fifth business banking day. So uh, as long as the contract states exactly what's happening, then that's okay. Yes. And remember also whether you place the earnest money deposit in an interest-bearing account is your decision, but if you do, then the contract also has to state who gets the interest. If the client wants it and you agree, you can do so, but ultimately it's your decision. It has to state it in the contract. So remember, read the contract, and when the parties are entering into the contract, make sure that the determination is very clear and you understand exactly what they want. Um, Virginia Realtors residential contract of purchase deposit provision actually specifically deals with the interest issue and states the deposit may be held in an interest-bearing account and the parties waive any claim to interest resulting from such deposit. So about the account that the money is held in, about the escrow account, the regulations also govern how a licensee's escrow account must be structured if they decide that they're going to hold escrow. The regulations state if the money is to be held in escrow, each firm or sole proprietorship shall maintain in the name by which it is licensed one or more federally insured separate escrow accounts in a federally insured depository. Now, I think we're going to look at some important obligations of licensees, and it's an important list, so we're going to hit them off and hope that 
you understand them. Okay, so obligations and the regulations for licensees. A licensee shall not submit copies of the same earnest money deposit check with multiple offers. This was added in the regulations in November 2015. So it is something, you know, that is fairly new, although we have been out there teaching this. On all of these, you should already be practicing, even if they are newer requirements. Make sure you stay up to date on these regulations and rules surrounding escrow accounts. That's really important. A licensee shall not represent in offers that he received the earnest money deposit when he has not or he knows the check is worthless. So if the contract says you've received earnest money and you haven't, then you're in violation of the regulations. Or if your client gives you a check and says, can you hold on to this because there's no money in that account, again, you're in violation of the regulations. So a licensee shall not misrepresent who is holding the earnest money deposit. That's important. The contract needs to explain exactly what is happening with it. It should be in the contract and you need to be aware of what is happening. And that goes back to what we said before about uh, the contract has to match what's happening. So if the contract says your firm is holding the escrow, but actually the title company is holding the escrow, that's a violation. You need to go back and amend the contract so that it matches exactly what's going on. And finally, licensees have an obligation to submit deposits to their brokers in a timely manner. That's a specific obligation of licensees. You cannot hold on to the earnest money deposit check until it's convenient for you to hand it over to your broker. And that regulation spreads the liability around for delaying a deposit of an escrow money check. It's not only the broker's liability, it's also the sales associate's liability to get the earnest money check to the broker as soon as possible. So now to look at some important obligations for brokers. Brokers are required to make available training and procedures and policies that provide clear guidance in the proper handling of escrow deposits. Virginia Realtors has a suggested broker office policy manual, and it's available in our broker resources on the four members part of our website. So check that out. It can be really helpful in helping you to manage your office. Uh, It'll give you all the requirements for brokers with escrow, but it'll also provide a way to train your agents on their obligations as well. The regulations do lay out improper maintenance of escrow funds for brokers. We'll check off this list as well. It is an improper maintenance of an escrow fund to accept any note, non-negotiable instrument, or anything of value not readily negotiable as a deposit on a contract, offer to purchase or lease without acknowledging its acceptance in the agreement. Again, contract has to match what's happening. It is improper to commingle the funds of any person by a principal or supervising broker or his employees or associates or any licensee with his own funds or those of his corporation, firm, or association. Keep escrow funds in escrow accounts. Do not put them in your operating account. Well, and there is a small exception in there for firms to add money to an escrow account in order to avoid bank fees or something along those lines, Um, but the regulations are pretty specific as to how that's done and how those funds need to be swept out periodically as well. So it is also... A violation of the regulations for a broker to fail to deposit escrow funds in an account designated to receive only such funds. That goes back to what Kate was just saying. Escrow has to go into escrow funds, not an operating account. It's also a violation to fail to have sufficient balances in an escrow account 
at all times for all funds that are designated to be held by the firm or sole proprietorship as required by the law. And last but not least, probably the most important regulation with respect to violations, it is a violation for a principal broker to fail to report to the board within three business days, an instance where the broker reasonably believes the improper conduct of a licensee, independent contractor, or employee has caused noncompliance with this section. This is very important, and what it means is if a licensee does not deposit a check within the five business banking days or whatever the parties have agreed to in the contract, the broker is obligated to report that to the real estate board or they become liable themselves. Right. So by not reporting one of your supervisees to the real estate board, you also may be subject to a violation. So you're assuming some type of liability for their behavior. So make sure you report those violations when you learn of them. Correct. Well, I think let's take it to the legal hotline. So question one, we put into the contract that the earnest money deposit would be deposited in 10 days. Do we have 10 days from ratification to deposit or 10 days to get the check and then five days to deposit? Well, if you write in the contract that the earnest money deposit will be deposited in 10 days, you have 10 days from ratification to deposit the check, not 10 days to get the check. We always say words matter. You need to look to the words of the contract and make sure that your actions are matching what the contract requires. If you don't understand the words in the contract, make sure that you are asking appropriate legal advice so that you can make sure you're complying with what's in the contract. If you have questions, seek that legal advice and make sure you're complying with what your attorney advises you to do. Or if you're a licensee, you can talk to your broker about that. So, All right, next question. The purchaser is a party to a ratified contract of purchase to buy a house. The earnest money deposit is required to be deposited in the broker's escrow account within five business banking days after ratification. The purchaser is unable to get the necessary deposit funds in a timely manner in order to meet the deadline. Can the purchaser's broker use funds from the company's operating account or from even the broker's personal checking account to make the earnest money deposit until the purchaser can reimburse the broker uh, without violating any laws or regulations with regards to commingling of funds? This is highly inadvisable and definitely could be facing a commingling violation. There is the caveat that unless you have a separate agreement with the client that you're loaning them the money, then that may be a caveat in which a carve out that you could certainly do that, but chances are it's gonna be a violation. So don't do it. Keep your business relationships, your business relationships, and don't use your personal funds or business funds to loan out to your clients. This is definitely not a best practice. This is not a practice that we would ever advise the risk is exceptionally high here so next question paragraph four of the virginia realtors purchase and sales contract refers to three options for an earnest money deposit it says an earnest money deposit could be made by cash check or other what are some acceptable options for other that that paragraph you know you are allowed to contract for what the parties agree to so it's whatever they agree they want to use if they check other and want it to be a money order, certified check, cash, property, you know, they could use PayPal or Venmo even if they, if the parties agree to it and that's how they want to transfer the funds, that is acceptable. Sky's the limit. So Erin, we're dealing with the short sale and the seller and buyer want to delay depositing the earnest money deposit until the lender approves the deal. Is that okay? 
This comes up a lot with short sales, and yes, it is okay. Remember, parties can agree to a deposit date other than the standard five business banking days following ratification. Virginia Realtors has a short sale addendum to the residential contract of purchase that contains language allowing for this practice and allows for the earnest money deposit to not be deposited until the both parties have gotten written approval for the short sale by the lender. So that concludes our legal hotline discussion. Thank you for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes and rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the four members section. Make sure you are logged in to see this page. Thanks so much. Bye. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We may note warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2017. This podcast features the song, Please Listen Carefully by Jazar available under a Creative Commons Attribution Share-Alike license.